Good evening. So glad to have you here with us at Christ Fellowship Church tonight and the North Georgia Revival. We hope you are as excited to be with us as we are to be with you. This is week 115. We continue to celebrate the presence of God in the building, the presence of God on this earth, and the presence of God on the inside of every person that knows him. We want to thank the ISN Network tonight. We want to welcome all of you that are watching, however you're watching, Facebook, YouTube. Welcome to our service tonight. We're going to celebrate Jesus tonight as we always do. Pastor Robbie Mathis is going to come and bring a live word, a now word, something fresh and new that the Lord has given him. So we're excited about that. We've got a tremendous praise team behind us led by Pastor Jerry Leaphart from Covenant Connections Church. They're ready to go. So tonight is going to be powerful. Stay with us throughout the rest of the evening. You will see a pre-recorded baptism service uh, after Pastor Robbie brings the word. So stay with us. Stay with us. I want you to grab your Bible tonight. Go to the book of John, the Gospel of John. We're going to start with the reading of the word as we always do. The Gospel of John, chapter 17. Go there. John 17. Now, this is a powerful passage of Scripture. This, is, this chapter is actually gives us the opportunity to see into the prayer life of Jesus. I mean, my goodness. Here is the Son of God talking to the Father. He is praying to His Father. We get to see a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. And I, and I tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is right there in this conversation. This is prior to Jesus going to the cross. But this is really the Lord's prayer right here. This is really Jesus speaking to his Father. But he says something very special just in the first five verses. The entire chapter is powerful, but look at the first five verses. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Jesus was going to the cross. And he says, as I am glorified, literally as I am made known, Father, I'll make you known. As I'm made known on the cross, I will make you known. Verse 2, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Jesus does something a little unusual here. He starts to talk in third person. And this is eternal life. This is the focal passage, verse 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you. He says, this is, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Jesus said, this is eternal life. Church, we're not looking for eternal life one day in the sweet by and by. We're not looking to die and go experience eternal life in heaven with Jesus one day years and years and years from now. No, Jesus says, as I go to the cross, and Father, as I glorify you, it will be eternal life when they come to know you. In the moment 
that you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and the moment that you grab the cross and that that whole experience, everything that he did on the cross, the moment you take hold of the cross, you begin to experience eternal life right then. Right then. It is the Zoe kind of life, his life, right then. Listen, we don't wait till the, the great hereafter to experience eternal life in Christ. It is now. Lord Jesus, we lift our hands and we receive it by faith. May that be a revelation to someone tonight that their eternal life started the moment they came to know you. Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to the cross. We thank you that you're glorified, that you exhibited the love of the Father, and that we can know you now. Our eternity can start right now in you. And out of that, we're going to praise you tonight. We're going to worship you. We're going to enjoy you. We're going to fellowship with you. We're going to commune with you all over the earth as thousands are watching the North Georgia Revival tonight. May you be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord where you are. Stand and let's worship the Lord together.
goodness, I sense the presence of the Lord in this place right now. And I know you do as well, wherever you're watching this. In fact, uh, Jerry, I want us to go right back into this. And I want you to stand to your feet all across wherever you're viewing this, in your home, if you're in a hotel room, wherever you are, I want you to stand to your feet, gather your family around, and let's collectively all over the world in unison declare that Jesus Christ is worthy of it all. I sense the presence of the Lord ever since I walked into the building tonight and we were preparing for the North Georgia Revival, week number 115. I knew that today was going to be extraordinary. I'm telling you, it was going to be special. And right here, right now, I believe miracles are going to be released into your life, into your home. Speak the word, sing the word, declare the word over your gathering, over your home right now. Jerry, let's sing this one more time. Yes, come on, let's worship the Lord. Oh! 
lift up our voices to you. And we declare, Father, with one tongue that you are worthy of it all, that there is none like you, nor have there ever been, nor will there ever be anyone quite like you. You are holy and pure. You are righteous. You are without fault. You have no equal. You have no rival. You sit on your throne. You are high and lifted up in the earth as your footstool. There is no comparison to you. You are perfectly holy. You are perfectly holy. There's no blemish in you, Jesus. There's no wrong. Oh, Lord Jesus, we lift you up and we magnify you and we thank you for your presence in this room. Oh, God, we thank you for your presence that's touching people right now. And we declare your goodness and we lift you up. You are truly worthy of it all. You are truly worthy of it all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're so thankful that you're with us tonight on week 100. 115 of the North Georgia Revival. We want to welcome you. You're in store for an incredible night. Right now, we are live online here in the sanctuary uh, just with our necessary team to put on this particular service tonight. In a few moments, after Pastor, Pastor Robbie Mathis brings the word in a few minutes, then we're going to show a replay. I believe it is week number 58 of the North Georgia Revival where unbelievable, unprecedented miracles took place. So I want to make sure that you stay tuned through the whole evening because what happened in week number 58 can be repeated right where you are in your home right now as the Spirit of the Lord is moving so strongly and mightily in this place. I, I want to just encourage you to share this link right now. Let's let the whole world know what Jesus is doing at the North Georgia Revival. And we cannot wait until the doors open back up. We received some great news the other day from President Trump that said that he's reopening the economy and he's giving the governors the right to choose when they can open up and uh, loosen, if you will, the the restraints that are on gatherings. And so as soon as that is lifted from our governor, we're going to be coming back together right here in Dawsonville, Georgia, at Christ Fellowship Church, at the North Georgia Revival. So we're just right now continuing. We're pushing forward. The glory of God has not left the room, the building, in any sense. He's here right now. And as soon as this is lifted, it could just be a few more weeks, that we're going to be coming back together and baptizing people so that they can encounter Jesus in the fire water. Speaking of that, I want to go over here to our baptismal pool, if you will, for just a moment. I have a very, very, very special guest with me, and all of you know who he is. This is Pastor Marty Derricott. And Pastor Marty, uh, it is great to, to have you on with us. Let me turn on the backlight, please. There we go. And um, Pastor Marty... You have baptized nearly 13,000 people right here in these waters, along with pool number two over yeah, to yeah. Uh, behind me. Yeah. So no water, but you're still in it. Tell me why there's no water in the pool. Tell our people. I feel like a man out of place. I usually have my towel here and a pool full of water, but it's empty tonight. And But Pastor Todd, I tell you, the presence of the Lord is so strong in this place. Yes. He is here just as powerful week 115 in. Then he was week number one, February the 11th, 2018. So 
I can't wait till they open up the economy, open up the doors of the churches so we can gather again and open up this pool so we can welcome 10 to 15 to 20,000 other people from all over the world back into these waters once again. You know, Pastor Marty, we're getting emails uh, every week with people wanting to know when are we going to start having services again, and it won't be long. It won't be long, but as soon as we get the clearance from our authorities, we're going to do that. But in, I'm telling you, in these waters, we've seen unbelievable miracles take place. And I know you get this asked all the time. What was your number one miracle that you have seen in this water God perform during the baptismal service? That is one of the, uh, one of the top questions we're asked, and that's, that's a tough one. They're, they're all so powerful. And, you know, as, as I just got into the pool, uh, as we were doing the transition, I just turned around and I looked right here in this area where I would normally look for the next person to get into the water. And I think, I think that's always the, the greatest miracle is the next one. Yeah. Whether it's migraines that have, that have lifted, whether it's ulcerative uh, colitis, whether it's um, marriages being restored, whether it's, you know, girls and, and guys who, who cut and self-harm being healed, all those are wonderful. Whether it's salvation or, or deliverance, we've seen so many people delivered in these waters. I think it's tough to put, you know, the finger on that one to say that's the greatest, but it's the next one. God, what do you want to do next? And, and I pray that some of you watching right now, they're watching from all over the, the nation. We had them watching from Malaysia this morning, and they're watching from South Carolina and Virginia and New York and Texas. And I just encourage you, I would put on my calendar at some point, whenever the country is open back up and churches are open back up, this would be the top priority. This would be the first place I would want to put my feet is in the presence of the King right here at the North Georgia Revival. Yeah, you know, Pastor Marty, a lot of people have been sequestered, if you will, sheltering place, and they're itching to get someplace. I mean, they're literally like, I've got cabin fever, and we got to get out of here. And a lot of people are going to be making their way to the beach, to the mountains. Uh, I would encourage you to put this on your calendar, to make this a part of your vacation, one of the stops. Why? Because the glory of the Lord and Pastor Marty, we've been continuing to pray, seeking the Lord, uh, moving forward, bathing the atmosphere in prayer. We're still praying five times a week, week. you know, with uh, a small group of people. His glory is here. When I walked into the building last night for our corporate time of prayer at 6 o'clock, I literally had my breath taken away because I walked into the atmosphere of the kavod, the glory, the weightiness, the heaviness of God. And it was as if he was waiting on us in here. I just want you to know that there is nothing that is stopping the momentum of the Spirit of God. So those first few weeks when this is lifted, Pastor Marty, I'm telling you, it's going to be so dynamic of his presence because he's going to touch the world through the North Georgia Revival. And there's all kinds of portals of glory around the nation, around the world that are opening up. I believe this is one of them, one of many. So come and make sure that you're a part of that. Now tell us a little bit what's going on here. I know the pool is empty. It's very rarely empty, but we've had to do some repairs. Well, it's empty because we have, uh, after 114 weeks of water baptisms, uh, we've had some wear and tear on the sheetrock and the pool. And so uh, we've drained it. We've got some work, some construction going on. Back here, pool number one, we're... We're replacing some tile. We're getting some sheetrock repaired and, and just making um, preparations for when we do open back up for the world to come to be baptized that we can only enhance their experience when they come. And so 
we encourage you to keep giving your, your, your tithes, your offerings, your gift. We're not just sitting back and just waiting. We are working. We are praying. We are interceding. We are our staff, our team, the North Georgia Revival host pastors. We're all, we're all pre- making preparations. And so back here we've got work going on, some new tile work being laid, some sheetrock being laid so that, uh, so that we can make their experience even more pleasant when they come. Absolutely. We want to encourage you right now before we go into the preaching of the word with Pastor Robbie Mathis from Freedom Tabernacle. I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, God, is there a financial seed that I can sow into this ministry? Is there a way for me to partner? You know, we have maintained and retained all of our staff, even during this this. Uh, epidemic, if you will. We've maintained them here at the North Georgia Revival and the Christ Fellowship Church, and, and we've not uh, laid anybody off. We've, we've maintained those people. And, and so I want to encourage you to help this move of the Spirit, the North Georgia Revival. We're not going to beg you. We're not going to try to manipulate you, promise you something. But this is a, an area, Pastor Marty, a portal of glory that God is blessing. And it is the perfect place, I believe, as well as your local church, to be able to put an offering in, sow some seed into this house so that we can continue with great excellence to host the presence of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to do that. There are multiple ways that you can give right now, secure ways. You can text the gift. For those of you that uh, are comfortable with that, you can text it, and it is secure. Uh, You don't have to worry about that, and it's immediate. If we all just gave five, ten, twenty, forty, a hundred dollars, or whatever the Lord lays upon your heart, it would help us out so, so much. You can give by Venmo. You can also give uh, by mailing a check. The address is going to come up on the screen. It is one three nine. Let me say that again: one three nine High Tower Parkway, High Tower Parkway, Dawsonville, Georgia. High Tower Parkway, Dawsonville, Georgia three zero five three four. So we want to encourage you to give in that way. You can go to our website and give according uh, on our website as well. So Pastor Marty, I'm just so excited about this. I can't wait to see you soaking wet in a few weeks from now and uh, in people lining up to be baptized to encounter Jesus yes. in the water. So on behalf of all the North Georgia Revival family, Pastor Marty, we want to thank you and all the other pastors and people that labor so faithfully in these waters ministering to people we love you and and thank god for you he's an incredible gift to the body of christ so i want to encourage you if you will if you will at this time to sow your financial seed and it's my privilege uh to introduce to you tonight a very special friend of mine that i love with all of my heart i love him so so much i don't know if there is a more faithful man of god in this entire north georgia area i know that I may get in trouble saying that, but I've watched him for literally the last two decades, love Jesus, pastor his incredible church, Freedom Tabernacle, which is probably about eight miles down the road from us, and he is a leader of leaders. He's passionate. He has passion. He loves Jesus with all of his heart. So would you help me welcome the man of God tonight, Pastor Robbie Mathis. God bless you, my friend. Hallelujah. Obey the Holy Ghost for us tonight. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor Todd. We appreciate it. Always a privilege to be here at the North Georgia Revival. I thank you, Pastor Marty and Pastor Todd, for giving us an update on the baptistry and where we are with that. We're making preparations. We're making preparations for 
what is to come. And we're so thankful for that. You know, tonight as I was walking around in prayer before the service, and we were in preparation for the service, that was one of the things that, that I was really thinking about that really burdened my heart tonight as I was getting around both of these baptistries. As I was getting near those, I was just thinking about that's the one thing that, that we're missing here, that we're going to miss tonight is, is not only seeing everybody and getting to be, a, be together but also missing all of these people that are going to be stepping in the waters and, and getting healed or delivered or set free from something that, that you need to be delivered or set free from. But I had this thought and that I just felt in my heart as I, was, as I was over here near that. Maybe you're in need of a miracle right now. Maybe you're needing for God to do something specifically for you right now. And, and maybe that it's we know it's going to be maybe several weeks before we get back together. And, and I just saw this. Maybe just in faith that, that if God leads you, that you just, I just saw people just, maybe you just want to get you a towel and wet it where you are. And just in faith, just in faith, I saw people just taking that towel and just squeezing it over their head and, and just getting drenched with water and just letting your faith hook up with with our faith and, and just tell God, say, God, I can't get in the waters there because of some limitations physically that we got going on. But, but God, I'm just going to uh, hook my faith up with, uh, with, with this and I'm just going to believe it, God, that I need a miracle right now. I need to be touched, God, by you right now. So maybe that's what you need to do. Whatever that God gives you to do, we want you to obey that as we... So we were thinking about that and missing all these baptisms. I want to tell you what's not missed, and that is the presence and the glory of God in this place. That, that's, not been, that's not missed here. It's, it's not diminishing in any way. And, and like I told our congregation this morning as we were on live stream, as we got up, the, pray, the worship was just incredible. The glory of God just was just there with us. And I, and I spoke and I said, I, I believe and pray that, that the glory of God is right there. You're experiencing it and encountering it right where you are in your home, wherever you are, just like we are here. And that's what I'm praying and believing for tonight. That the, that the anointing and that the presence of God is going forth through the airwaves right into the very atmosphere where you are at. So we pray that you have been blessed already and pray that you will continue to be blessed tonight in the Word. If you have your Bibles, I want you to take them and turn with me this evening to 2 Kings chapter 6. That is 2 Kings chapter 6. And as you turn there, I was thinking of this. You know, oftentimes when... We're at different locations or where you are. We, we share and maybe messages are preached according to what's going on. They're according to the relevancy of what has taken place right where you are in the atmosphere. And I got to thinking, you know, we're in a situation right now where there's a situation all over the world. All, all over the world that there is a situation that we're all affected by. So it's not that, it's not that, well, it's not here. It, it, that applies somewhere else. We're in a situation right now that is affecting the entire world. 
And so I want this message tonight to be encouraging to you because I believe that no matter where we are in the world, that this is going to be a help to us. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, let's read verses 8 through 17. The Bible said, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now I want you to listen to these last few verses. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, this is Elisha speaking. He said, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who were with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, I don't know about you, but I could just go ahead and shout right now because I want to tell you this is some good Scripture right here, but I want you just to hold your place here because we're going to get to this passage. And I'm not going to tell you what the sermon title is tonight because if I tell you what it is, then you're already going to know where we're going, but we're just going to let this unfold as this progresses. So keep your Bibles open to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I want to share with you some things that, about what God has been speaking to me about. And the Lord gave me this message last Sunday afternoon. And let me tell you how this came about. I don't know about you, but I'm a big sports fan. And if you'll notice, we don't have any ball games to watch on television. But what they have been doing is they have been playing reruns. And so they've been playing games that we have already seen, and we've been watching those, those games. And I, I found myself last Sunday afternoon watching the game. I actually even watching the football championship game that just occurred this past season. And as I was watching that game, I'm, 
I found myself in watching all these different games the last few weeks responding to these games differently than I respond to them when I was originally watching the game. You see, when I was, I was remembering even some of the games that, that I was watching replayed, I remember watching that game live when it was occurring. And I got to thinking about the difference, how I acted and how I behaved during the games when it was originally played. You see, when I originally watched these games, I was nervous. I would respond in frustration and sometimes in agitation. And many times I would, we would react emotionally depending on what was happening with the team that I wanted to win. You see, at, at my house and in our family, when we gather to watch these games, whether it's football or, or baseball or thing, when, when our team scores and when our team does things good, we all jump up from where we are and we walk around and we high-five each other. See, we are reacting positively to something that, that other people do. So it's, it's, it's a good thing. And, and it can be just a few moments later when our team does something that's not good that we're criticizing the players, we're criticizing the coaches, how many of you know that we're good at being couch coaches? We're good at armchair coaching. And I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered why we, why we get up and we stand real close to the television and we start talking to the television like it really makes a difference? Like, like they're going to pay attention to what we say or that they can even hear us. But that's what we do. We, we react. We are, we're emotional about those, those things. You, you see, it's our response is based on something that someone else did, it's, and we're reacting to that. But however, I noticed last Sunday as I was began to think about watching these games that I had previously watched, I I watched the replay games, and I noticed that I was not reacting or responding like I did when I originally watched the game. Why? Because I was watching that game through a different perspective. I was watching the game unfold from a totally different viewpoint than when I had previously watched it because when I was watching it, in the replay, I was watching it from the perspective, I already know how this is going to turn out. I was watching it from the lens, from my viewpoint of I already know how this game is going to end. And so you see, when I was watching things play out, I, I could sit back on the couch and I could watch it peacefully. I was unemotional. I was not responsive to the game. Even when the team that I did not want to win was, was score, or when they would do something and they would begin to celebrate on something they, they did, I was not even moved by that because I knew that what they were celebrating was only temporary. I knew that it was only temporal because I, you see, I already knew 
how this game was going to turn out. I already knew what the outcome was going to be. I was watching it from a totally different viewpoint than when I watched it live take place. And, you know, that Sunday as I began to sit there, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to my heart about this. And the Lord began to say that this is exactly how our spiritual life is. You see, if we live with a spiritual mindset of being on temporal things, on being earthly-minded, then we live our life in worry, we live our life in fear, we live in uncertainty, and we will always be reactive. You see, our peace and our contentment is always dictated by the result of something else. In other words, however life is going at that time is how we emotionally respond. So if life is good, then we respond positively and we can be joyful. But when things are not going good, then we react in a different way if we are temporal mindsetted. If we're earthly mindsetted, that's how that we will respond. Have you ever noticed that when you ask people how they're doing and oftentimes people will say, well, you know, uh, under the circumstances. And I always wonder what in the world are you doing under the circumstances? Jesus Christ has defeated everything and he has made this earth his footstool and he has caused us to sit together with him in the heavenly places. So never ever should we be under the circumstances. We're always above the circumstances if we've got a kingdom mindset. So as long as we're living with an earthly mindset, we will respond according to our circumstances. But if we live our life with an eternal perspective or a kingdom mindset, then we will live in peace. We can remain calm and we can remain consistent because we're living from the perspective of this. I already know how this is going to turn out. I already know how this is going to this is going to end because you you see I, I I've already read uh, the back of the book. I, I already know how this is going to play out. I, I'm not talking about how we might not know all the specific details or, or about all the little specifics. I'm not saying that, but when we have an eternal kingdom mindset, then we know that according to Romans 8.22 or 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. So if I'm living from a kingdom mindset, if I'm living with a mentality of I already know how this is going to wind up and end up, then we can be at peace, we can be calm, and with assurance because we know that no matter what happens, God is going to get glory through whatever goes on. Can we give him praise tonight? Hallelujah. So you see, it's whatever gets my mind gets my time. And see, my mind is going to determine my destiny. I'm thinking about what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. He said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So how are you going to respond? It's how you think. It's what your mindset is. Paul, the, the apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, listen to what he said. He had a kingdom mindset. He said, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He said, set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If we know that we have died with Jesus Christ and we have been raised in the newness of life with him, then our mindset is I know how this is going to turn out and that we don't have to worry and live in fear and uncertainty and doubt because I want you to know if you have died with Christ, it's hard to be offended when you're dead. It's hard to be sad when you're dead. It's hard to be sad when you know that you have been raised with Jesus Christ. There is life in that. So it's all about where you determine that you're going to put your focus. You see, whichever one gets our mind gets our life. So if the flesh gets our mind, then the flesh gets our life. But if the spirit gets our mind, then the Spirit gets our life. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, I wonder if there's anybody out there that's set their mind on things of the Spirit. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on things of the Spirit. Paul said, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor in indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God if you're earthly minded Paul said that it would be uh, that it would be a, a life of death it's just to be uh, it's death but if we're spiritually minded it is life and peace I'm thinking about the apostle Paul writing and pinning these words down when he's chained up in prison. You would think that he would be discouraged. You would think that he would be defeated. He would be depressed or writing, but his mindset was not on his limitations. His mindset was not on his temporary situation, but it was on his God, and it was on the other people that he was serving. And he said in Philippians 1.21, he says, For to me... He was saying, I don't know what you're doing, and I, I don't know how you respond. But, uh, but he's saying, but for, to me, uh, to live is Christ, uh, but to die is gain. Uh, Paul was saying, I'm going to live my life, and it's all going to be about Jesus Christ. And if there's death involved, then it's just going to be gain. Uh, you see, he had a mindset that it was on eternal things. Writing from this same prison, he's still writing in this same book. In Philippians chapter 4, in the fourth verse, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, 
I will say rejoice. You say, Pastor, that may be easy to say when things are going on. No, I'm telling you tonight that the Apostle Paul was writing these words when he was bound up in chains, when he was in prison. Can I say it like this? He was quarantined. He was strictly quarantined. He didn't have an escape. He didn't have a way to get out when things opened up for him. And in quarantine, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. And he gives us some instructions about how we are to live life and how that we can live. He goes on down in the fourth chapter of Philippians in the sixth through the eighth verse. He says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you want your mind to be guarded with peace? Do you want your heart to be guarded with peace? Paul gives the instructions uh, for that and what we're to do. He says that in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So right in the situation where you are, as you're praying and as you're making supplications to the Lord, do it with a thankful heart. Celebrate Jesus right in the midst of what you're going through in life. Be thankful. Don't be critical. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Have a mindset of, we know how this is going to turn out. It's going to turn out good. Then he goes on in verse 8, and he says, Finally, brethren, what things soever are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, he says meditate on these things. So it's what gets my mind. It's what gets my mind that's going to dictate, am I carnally minded or am I spiritually minded? If I want to live a life of peace, no matter what I go through, I got to fill my mind with the things of the Spirit. I got to be around those things that's going to build my spirit up. And then my spirit's going to become and dominate my flesh. And when my spirit man gets strong, then what happens is your spirit man will be Begin to take over and your spirit man. Sometimes you just need to tell your flesh uh, to sit down and shut up uh, because your spirit man is rising up and your spirit man is going to look beyond the natural that we see uh, because you're going to have a kingdom mindset, an eternal perspective that declares and knows in yourself, I already know how this is going to turn out. I know how it's going to turn out. So the question tonight is, how can we get to a place to where we've got that kingdom mindset? How can we do that? How can we get to the place of living in peace? A couple of things that I want to leave us with tonight. Number one, the first thing that you need to do is you need to listen to or be around Those who have experiences in going through difficult situations. So you've got to pay attention to those 
who have been through challenges in life, and they know that you're going to make it through whatever that you're going through. As Christians, this means being around those who understand the faithfulness of God. Now, I want you to listen to me real close because this is important. It matters who you listen to. It matters who you listen to because there's all kinds of voices in the world. So you've got to decide on which ones are going to speak into your life and which ones you are going to receive from because it, it matters. I want to be around people who understand the faithfulness of God and I want to be around people who know what's going on because they know how it's going to turn out. I'm remembering as a young minister, there's, there's a pastor in our area that is well-known, been respected for, for many years. He served as a pastor for many, many years. He's been a preacher. He's mentored lots of young evangelists and young pastors, and he's just been a, a rock in, in our community among some of the churches, and his name is, is Rule Martin. He was one that really poured into my life, and he, he, I've learned some things about faith in God just through Rule's life. And, and this past week, the Lord just gave me, gave me some examples about Rule and about how he saw things from a, from a different perspective and how that it taught me in my young uh, minister life about my young my in my walk with God and how I was just beginning and understanding the things of God I, I began to, uh, to 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 learn some things through his life and through his example I remember one time back years ago when I was just a young man I remember that we invited rural Martin down to our deer camp one uh, one weekend to deer hunt with us and I remember when it was time to get up on that early morning hunt. We'd get up. We were going to uh, have our coffee and get ready to eat breakfast. I, I noticed as we were all in there, I, I, I noticed before we got up, I, as I looked before a rule ever got up out of the bed that I looked and he had turned over right there on his on his mattress where he was sleeping and he was on his knees pastoring and he was praying and and he got up and I remember after he prayed for a while that he got up and and he turned to us all and when, when he got in there and he said well he said everything's good at home and I was thinking did did, did he talk to his wife did what, what happened? How does he know that everything's okay? But, but I come to understand that he had just a little talk with Jesus there that morning when he rolled over on his mattress and began to talk. The first thing that he did was talk to God, and God let him know that everything was all right at home, and he could go and hunt and know that he could be at peace. See, he was teaching me about 
about praying and hearing from, from God. I'm thinking about this man as he would go visiting at the hospital after revival meetings at night, and it'd be late at night, and he would carry some of us, the, the, the evangelists and the other ministers, say, I'm going to the hospital to, to visit him. We all knew that the hospitals were, were closed and, and the doors were shut. If visiting hours were over, and, and, we, and some of them would say, uh, Brother Rule said it's past visiting hours, said the doors are closed, and, and he would just look at them and, and just smile and say, God will make a way. And then they'd go and they'd get to the hospitals there, and I want you to know they would begin to walk up to a door and uh, just uh, at any door that they would choose, and, and about the time that they'd be walking up to that door, there'd be somebody on the inside of the hospital uh, that would come walking out. Those doors would open, and he would just walk right on through those doors, and, and he'd be able to go and get on through. We were just amazed at what God was doing through that. But uh, can I tell you tonight that, uh, that he was doing it as a perspective of he already knew what the outcome was going to be, and he had a mindset of eternal things that, uh, that was teaching me a lot about faith and about walking in obedience to God. He was teaching me things. I, I remember as a, as a young 20-year-old, I had the privilege of helping him uh, preach in, in a revival there at his church one, uh, one, uh, one week in the, in the summer, and this was before that my wife Jill and I were, were even married. We were, we, were, uh, we, we were dating. We were in, engaged. Or we haven't even, hadn't even gotten married yet. It was before uh, that we were married, and, and so I was a young man. And I remember after the lunch, after the revival uh, morning service, uh, we would go and we would visit some of the people there in town, some of the widows and some of the shut-ins. We would go visit them. And I remember that uh, there was another young evangelist and myself that was assisting Pastor Rule, and we went and we were praying for this young, uh, not this young lady, but she was a, an older lady and she was a widow. And before we left, Brother uh, Pastor Rule, he said, Ma'am, he said, uh, what is it that you stand in need of prayer for? said, what is the one thing that you want us to pray for? And I still remember that lady looking us in the eyes, and she said, I want you to pray that it was rain, that it would rain. See, this was in July, and it had been dry. There'd been no rain. And see, she was depending on rain for her, for her, little, her little garden that she had planted. And he said, we're going to pray that God would send rain uh, to you. And, and so I remember we prayed. And this was this early afternoon, so we, we got finished visiting. We went to home, to our houses, and then after a while, we had to come back for the 7.30 or 7.45 service that night. And, and I remember that when we got back to the church, I remember that afternoon that, that it began to rain, and it was raining around the area of the church there, aware that she was at. It didn't rain everywhere, but it rained in that area, aware that that lady was at where we prayed. And we got back to the church that, that night, and, and the first thing that the young evangelist, the other young minister and I did, we went up and said, Brother Rule said, did you, did you, can you believe that? Said, did you know that it rained here? They had rain in this area, what we prayed for. And I remember that smile that just come over his face, and, and he smiled, and he just looked at us, and he said, did you doubt it? I have to be honest with you tonight and tell you, my faith wasn't at a place at that time. 
Me and the other minister just looked at each other like, you know, sometimes you just agree with somebody and you really in your heart, you, you know, and that ain't what you really believe. And so we were just looking at each other like, yeah, you, you know. And, but I want to tell you, my faith wasn't at the level at that time. But I want to tell you tonight, my friend, uh, that this man already knew the outcome because he had a heavenly perspective. And when I called him just a few days ago, I said, Brother Rule, I said, God has given me uh, some examples to share about you. If you don't mind, I'm gonna, I want to tell them some examples about uh, your walk with God. And, and this is what he said. He said, uh, he said, Robbie, whatever will bring glory and honor uh, to God Almighty, you feel free to share whatever that you want to. And he, we began to talk, and all of a sudden, he got to laughing. I got to crying, and he said, heaven has come down. I want you to know it doesn't matter what you're limited to. I'm on one end of the phone, and he's on the other end, and heaven came down right there. You may feel like you can't gather with other people, but I want to tell you tonight, God is not limited. He's not confined to that. If you join in with somebody else or you just join in with yourself and you begin to worship and praise God, you begin to call out on him, I want to tell you, just like Rule said, heaven will come down. Heaven will come down. Heaven will come down. Now our scripture in 2 Kings chapter 6 says this. The king of Syria was making war against the king of Israel. And he began to devise a plan about what he was going to do to come against the Israelites. And Elisha, the man of God, would go and tell the king of Israel about the schemes and plans of the opposition or the enemy, the king of Syria. Can I tell you tonight that we don't need to give in to the plans of the enemy. We need to be exposing the plans of the enemy. And any time that we get critical, any time that we harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in our heart, every time that we cast a judgmental heart and that we have pride developing our life and our heart, we're giving in to the plan of the enemy. But I want to tell you, we need to expose the plan of the enemy rather than giving in to it. And so Elisha began to warn the king of Israel about uh, the plans of the enemy. And he told him, said, don't go there. They're about to come there. And so when the king of Syria heard about this, he was upset about it. He thought that someone was in his own camp was betraying him. And they said, told the king, no, it's not any of us that's telling the secret, but it's the man of God. It's Elisha that's telling the king of Israel everything that you're speaking right here. Oh, he said, you find out where he's at. They found out that Elisha oh, was in a place called Dotham. Uh, so the king of Syria sent a great army, the Bible says, and he surrounded the mountain there aware that it was at. Everything looked like, and they were all around him, and they were surrounding him. Well, the Bible said that early the morning that, uh, that the Elisha servant, and he came out, and and he looked up, and when he saw the mountain, he looked around, and he saw the opposition, and all he could see was the army filled with, with opposition, with, with horses and chariots, and he was just saw that looked like that he was surrounded by, uh, by, by, by the army, the opposition, and he didn't feel like there was any way out. And, and he said, Elisha, he said, my master, what shall we do? In other words, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. We're in a place that we can't get 
it out. Uh, but you see, he, Elisha had a different perspective than Elisha's servant. And Elisha said these words uh, that I hear the Holy Spirit saying to us tonight. The first thing that Elisha said to his servant was, Fear not, for those that be with us are more than those that be with them. And so I want to tell you tonight, just as Elisha said to his servant, I want to declare to you the words that Elisha said, and that is, fear not. I don't care how bad that it looks like things are surrounding you. I don't care how it looks that the army may be full and, and your surroundings seem like they're closing in on you and there's no way out. I've got good gospel news to you tonight. The Bible said, as Elisha said, those that be with us are more than those that be with them. I don't care how many demons are you seem to be accountable around your house. I want to tell you, God is releasing a mighty army of angels to surround you and to protect you. He's going to make a way because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, you just need to give him praise right now. Oh, where are you at? He, he is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And Elisha said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and the servant looked around, and he saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire. The armies of the angelic hosts were surrounding them, and God gave them a great victory because those that be with us are more than those more than any opposition that can come our way. No matter how great you think that thing opposing you is, God is greater. God is greater. And there's more. So here we are, faced with a worldwide pandemic. My question to you tonight is this. A situation like we've never faced. How are you responding? Are you responding from a perspective like Elisha's servant who's looking at it from a temporal, carnal mindset? Or are you looking at it through the eyes of Elisha who has a heavenly perspective and has a mindset, I know how this is going to turn out. So how are you responding? Maybe it's not about this situation. Maybe, my friend, it's about situations in life that you go through. What is the situation that you are going to respond to and how are you going to react to it? It depends on if you're carnal-minded or if you are spiritual-minded. Elisha had a perspective that was a heavenly perspective. Now, let me just go ahead and say something to you right here because this is going to help you out. I want to know why in the world that you would get so upset, so emotional, and so full of fear when you hear somebody on the news or on any type of media who's being negative and who's being critical 
and who's downplaying and who's just got this ho-hum mentality. Why do you get all fearful for that? Because they're looking at it through the eyes like Elisha's servant. They're looking at it from a carnal mindset or from a temporal mindset when we need to be looking at things from Elisha's perspective and having a heavenly mindset. We need to be like Elisha and pray, Lord, open our eyes that we can see. Let us be able to see that you've got a plan and that we know, we already know how this is going to turn out. We know how this is going to turn out. We know how this is going to turn out. Jerry, that song that they sing, I see a victory. I, I see a victory is the name of the song. I love it in that song. It says, I'm not backing down from any giant because I know how this story ends. See, we don't have to back down from anything when we know how the story is going to end. So number one, we got to listen to the right voices. We got to be around people of faith who know how this is going to end. People that, that understands the faithfulness of God. And number two, the second thing is we got to look to Jesus. Jesus is our example. He always knew the outcome, and he always knows the outcome. He knows it. That's why that he could look at his disciples when they got word that their friend Lazarus had died. This is what he could say to them. Guys, the disciples thought he was sleep. Said, "Yes, Lord, if he if he rests and sleeps, and he'll he'll get well." And Jesus said these words. He said, "Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you might believe." Why could Jesus say that? Because he already knew the end. And then he would get to the to the tomb, and he'd say, "Take away the stone." Martha said, "Lord, by now he stinks. He's been dead four days." Why could Jesus say, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God because he already knew the outcome? I'm thinking about the demoniac boy that was healed that the father took to the disciples and they couldn't heal him and they couldn't cure him and Jesus uh, was disappointed in their, in their faith. But uh, I want you to know is the young boy was he was wallowing on the ground. When Jesus came on the scene, uh, the boy began to manifest the demon, and he was wallowing on the ground, and he was foaming at the mouth. But I want you to realize that in the Scripture, no time does Jesus ever get nervous or panicking in fear because he's always in control because he always knew what the outcome was going to be. And when the boy was manifesting a demon right in front of him, Jesus carries on a conversation with his father. He doesn't panic and try to do something immediately. He carries on a conversation with his father, and he says, how long has he been doing this? Why? There's no reason to panic and fear. He knew the outcome. He said since, since he was a, a baby, since he was young, Jesus rebuked the foul spirit, cast it out, and the boy was delivered and set free from that moment. Never do we find Jesus being fearful, nervous, and panicking because he's looking at it from a viewpoint. I know 
how this is going to turn out. And he's not shaken. And he's not moved. But he's walking in peace. I want to tell you, my friend, you'll never drive a demon out of your life. And you'll never resist them if you're walking in fear. The demons feed off of fear. They thrive in an environment of fear. And as long as you're fearful, you'll never drive the enemy out of your life and out of your home. So I want to tell you, maybe tonight it's time that you rise up and say, that's enough of the fear that I've had in my life. Maybe you want to take your Bible and begin to go through the house and and rebuke the devil and and tell him that tonight it's over. Uh, Tonight you understand that God's released a great army uh, in your life and in your household. This panic and this fear is over in your life, and you're not going to be fearful uh, because God uh, is greater than that. Maybe you take you some oil and anoint your house. You begin to declare the goodness of God. You begin to declare Psalm 91 over your household and talk about God and goodness and drive the devil out of your life, out of your children's life, and out of your environment, your community, in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise. I'm thinking of Jesus as he told the disciples, boys, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side, and they got on a boat and they left. While they were out there, a great storm came up. And they began to do, was coming up over the boat, and the disciples were fearful. And they were worried, but Jesus was asleep. He was asleep. When they woke him and said, Lord, Master, do you not care that we perish? Jesus said, why are you so fearful? And he rebuked the winds and the storm, and there was a great calm. Can I tell you that many storms will come in your life? But if you want to get through them, you've got to understand to look at them through the eyes of a kingdom, heavenly mindset. The only authority that you can have in your life is from a perspective, from a God perspective. You'll only... Be able to have authority over storms that you can sleep through. And when you can sleep in the storms, (laughs) you have authority over them. So come what may, no matter what comes that way, sleep through it. We already know how this is going to turn out. We already know how it's going to turn out. In conclusion, let me read this to you from John chapter 16, and we'll close tonight. John chapter 16, we're going to start with verse 20. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's about to go to the cross, and his life on this earth is going to change. His his time with them is going to be different. And he's speaking to them about preparing them to go to the cross that his life was about to. And in verse 20, John chapter 16, verse 20, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. 
Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I'll tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I'll leave you with this verse. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome everything that you're going through. I encourage you, my friend, tonight, have a mentality that is of the Spirit. That is a heavenly mindset, eternal perspective. Jesus always knew how it was going to end, and Jesus always now knows how it's going to end. If you're worried about what to do in a situation in life, look to Jesus. He knows. He knows what the divine strategy for you is to get you through to the other side. No matter what you're going through, He will help you through. Get around people of faith. Listen to the right people in your life and look to Jesus and listen to Him. My friend, you may be here tonight and you're listening. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But I want to tell you, the only thing that's going to drive that fear out of your life and that burden out of your life is for you to call on God. The Bible said if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and if we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then we would be saved. For with the heart man believes into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So won't you just call on him right now to say, Lord, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I confess my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I've committed sin. But I ask you to forgive me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Give me eternal life. I believe that you died for my sins. You was crucified and buried. God raised you the third day. You're seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for all who would call upon your name. And I believe that you died for my sins, Lord. So I invite you to come in. Forgive me. Cleanse me. 
Give me hope and give me peace. I choose this day to be a follower of you, Jesus, all the days of my life as you show me how. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, would you just chime in there and let somebody know or any prayers that you have, we want to be praying for you tonight. God bless you is my prayer. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you, that God's going to encourage you, strengthen you, and we're going to begin to see from the eyes of this, I already know how this is going to turn out. I want to turn it back over to Pastors Todd and Pastors Karen tonight. God bless you. Wow, what an incredible word by Pastor Robbie Mathis, who pastors Freedom Tabernacle, one of the leading churches here in North Georgia, in coming Georgia, uh, to be more specific. What a now word to the body of Christ, and not only to the body of Christ, Karen, but to the entire world that we're looking at things from a different perspective. If you just gave your life to Jesus, if you just chose to follow him, we want to know about that right now. We would love to celebrate with you, to rejoice with you. I want you to email us at Kingdom Ready or go to KingdomReady.tv and you can email me at Pastor Todd at Kingdom Ready TV, if you will, Kingdom Ready TV. If you will email us, we would appreciate that and let us know how you responded to the message of Pastor Robbie Mathis and giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're excited about this. And Pastor Karen, what a powerful message from Pastor Robbie. I love Pastor Robbie Mathis and Pastor Jill from Freedom and just appreciate his passion and his love for Jesus and love for the Word. And um, I, I just, I'm reflecting on parts of his sermon tonight, but I love how he brought in the story of Paul and the book of Philippians. You know, Paul was in prison when he went through what he went through, as Pastor Robbie alluded to. And even Paul was able to remain in a state of joy, uh, to remain uh, in a state of peace. And he even encouraged the churches that he was writing to, Church Philippi and the other churches that got that letter, stay in peace, stay in joy. But Pastor Robbie made a point tonight, and I, it's worth repeating. Jesus is the source of the peace and the joy. And just as at the end of his message tonight, he invited those of you that have never received Christ to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You do that and you receive the peace and the joy. And if you have not done that, if, or if you're away from the Lord, they, there won't be any peace or joy because he's the very source of that. So I just want to remind us of that tonight because in the situation like we're in right now in our country and in our world, certainly people are faced with fear. You don't have any joy. There is no fear. Just always turmoil, always bad news. But Jesus Christ, he is peace. I mean, peace is a person. Peace is not just the absence of war or the absence of turmoil. Peace is a person. So you need Jesus in your life to experience true peace. One of the things that he said that I wrote down is that whatever occupies my time, or occupies my mind, gets my time. Whatever occupies my mind gets my time. What a revelation. And that is so true. So I am just encouraging you to renew your mind in the Lord Jesus Christ, to make sure that you're in the Word, diving into the Word, feeding your mind the truths of God's Word, the principles of peace, principles of hope. So let that be a part of your routine every single day in the midst of God's Word. Well, we're so honored tonight to 
be able to show to you a replay of the North Georgia Revival baptismal service of week number 58, Karen. This is the week that we saw so many miracles and life change. We want to take you there in just a moment to the North Georgia Revival replay of the baptisms. Now, the preaching was live tonight. The worship was live tonight. We thank God for Covenant Connections Church and their worship team for helping us. It was dynamic. The presence of God was so strong. And let me say this before we go to the replay of the baptisms, that as soon as possible, Karen, as soon as our governor releases the restrictions, we're going to be opening back up the North Georgia Revival. God spoke to me very clearly about three or four weeks ago. He says, Todd, what I started, I will finish. So this is a temporary pause. Uh, It's allowing you to, to be in your home, to find yourself, so to speak, to grow in your faith. But when this revival kicks off, I literally believe it's going to go to a completely brand new level that we've not seen quite yet. Yes, and we want to encourage you guys, wherever you are, all the way from Washington State to Florida, all the way around the world, wherever you are, go ahead and begin to plan, just kind of strategically set a date somewhere along the way that you're going to come and be with us here in Dawsonville, Georgia at the North Georgia Revival. It's going to be very important that you reconnect, and if at all possible, that you reconnect in person. We want to fill the building every Sunday night to capacity. We want to open overflow rooms where the body of Christ comes together uh, under the Lord Jesus Christ and that we just reconnect. We reconnect with Him and with each other. Guys, we were never created to just live alone, to be a lone ranger in Christianity. There is no such thing. That's why Paul uses the metaphor of a body in his epistles. When he's describing the church, he says, you are a body. Your different parts and different pieces. So we want you to come together with us. Pick a Sunday night. Get it on the calendar. Uh, get ready to make your plans to come and reconnect with us in the spirit. And let's celebrate what Jesus has done and what he's going to do in the days ahead. Yeah, over 13,000 people have encountered Jesus in the fire waters here at Dawsonville Christ Fellowship Church. We're so honored to be able to collaborate, literally to work with a host of churches in this area that God has brought unusual, beautiful, unprecedented unity among the churches and the men and women of God. So we want you to come and be a part of that. And as soon as the restrictions are lifted, we'll let you know when our first service will be. But right now, Karen, I cannot be more excited about watching the replay of week number 58, where people are weeping in the water, turning from addictions, Marriage is getting healed, bodies being healed, bodies being cleansed by the power of God. It's going to be powerful. Don't go anywhere. Let's go right now to the replay of week number 58. Thanks for joining us tonight at the North Georgia Revival. 